Teamsters, I'm Carrie M. And I'm Allison, and this is Podcast Without an Audience. Where two friends pick two topics and find intersections. Or not. We are a psychology and history podcast. And by psychology, my background is actually in social work. So I'll be talking about psychology, history, and sociology. And when I say history, I mean anything from people, places, and things to historical events and tragedies. And then we find intersections between our two topics and try and figure out what connects us all. Mm-hmm. New episodes launch every Thursday. You can find us anywhere you find your podcasts. You can also find us on social media at Pod Without an Odd. We're on both Facebook and Instagram. You can email us at podwithoutanodd at gmail.com or find us on the web at podcastwithoutanaudience.com. Join us each week as we discover what connects us all. And if you support us, blink twice. And if you're out there, keep listening. Looking for a way to reduce your carbon footprint and make a positive impact on the environment? Look no further than Lightfoot Company. Our refillery and sustainable home goods store in Savannah, Georgia is dedicated to helping you reduce your use of plastic and single-use products. From reusable water bottles and bags to bulk eco-friendly cleaning products and personal care items, we have everything you need to live a more sustainable lifestyle. Plus, our friendly staff and knowledgeable staff is always available to help you make informed choices and find products that are right for you. So why wait? Visit Lightfoot Company today and start making a difference. What up, everybody? This is Mr. P, P standing for Penzellas, and you are listening to the Free Pizza Podcast. Free Pizza, your platform for creatives, and today we have an amazing guest, another Savannah great, um, the Tatiana Castro. What's up, my friend? Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing so well. You know, you're not from Savannah, but no. you're here now. Yeah. Um, and I met you because of Nomad. Mm-hmm. Um, you were, actually, no, I met you when my show was up, and you were outside. And I was outside, yeah. Yes. And, exactly. Okay, yes, and now you have a huge exhibit inside that place and I remember going to the first Friday when it was uh when it opened blown away just by the different Thank styles so oh it's insane because everyone I was with a group and they were like is this the same person because it's so many different styles of work and I was like yes <laughs> how insane is that so Thank you for coming and doing this. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. You're very busy. You're in a transition up here right now, which is, you know, I'm very honored that you're here. So we'll dive in. So um, I was your fibers in painting is your main focus. Um, And you focus mainly on um, eroticism. Mm-hmm. And destigmatizing that yeah. within the within without within communities and outside of it as mm-hmm. well. Um, but let's go back to where you're from. Actually, no, I swear a question. Oh, yeah. Place. Yes. Okay. So which one? Do you pick? Okay, I want to do the purple one. I think. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. If you were to die today, what would you most regret not having told somebody? Why haven't you told them yet? Oh my God, you would you would choose hmm. that side. This is actually a really simple answer for me because I don't often not tell people things. <laughs> I have a too like too heavy of a conscience and like 
I my anxiety is just too bad to let things sit. Yeah. So I'm just like I I feel like everything is better just to let it just out. to say it. Like I am not a beat around the bush kind of person. So like if I feel something really deeply for somebody, like I am I'm just gonna tell them because. Worst comes to worst, they're like, ooh, weird. <laughs> and like, Karen, that was a strange thing to say. Uh, but we're, it's the worst thing that can happen, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, you get it off your chest and you know you said it. And that's that. Honestly, I'm not to piggyback, but I'm at this point in my life, I'm the same way. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to think even back in the day if I would have any to someone that, you know, I'm, I've, I've had any run-ins with. No. No, I don't have any, I don't regret anything. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm right there with you. And like I actually recently a couple a couple weeks ago reconnected with a friend that I'd not talked to for 2 years and things had like kind of ended abruptly and just like out of nowhere. And I was thinking about her a lot and I was just like, "You know what? Like I didn't love the way things like fell off, but like I loved her. Like I thought she was a great important part of my life yeah and i was like i don't see a reason in just letting that sit forever like i would rather do something about it right now so i texted her i was like hey i'm gonna be in town would you like to meet up and so we're gonna go grab lunch the end of the month and let's go you know reconnect and i'm excited for that i I think that's exciting see that's great that's wonderful you know and um good for you that's very big of you thank you exactly (laughs) thank you (laughs) yes 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 do that um it takes a lot of courage to you know we do a wrong or whatever so i do my yeah, best absolutely um so let's dive in so we'll answer that second one at the very end sure. but let's go back to where you're from and yeah. how you got into this journey of now you're teaching that's good yeah and so we'll, we'll, we'll work our way to that so let's let's start from the beginning okay um so <laughs> there are so many little fun little twists and turns in my life <laughs> let's get it um so I'm from West Virginia. Uh, mm-hmm. I grew up in multiple different, like, very intense religions. Um, Oof, okay. So I was Jehovah's Witness when I was, like, really young no up way. until I was, like, nine. And then my dad was Catholic, more, like, culturally Catholic, but he was Catholic. And okay. then we joined the Apostolic Church when I was, like, nine. <sighs> and, and so... That, like, had a very deep impact on my life. That led us into being in a cult for four years. No way. So, (laughs) (laughs) like, that's one of my, like, just favorite icebreakers because I'm just like, when does that happen? Who say that? (laughs) You were in a cult. I was in a cult. Uh, Interesting. Um terrible thing to go through but yeah. made me who I am and like I I would never I I don't know how I feel about the term like oh I wouldn't change anything because like I am who I am and I wouldn't change anything but but like maybe I would yeah I might change that part <laughs> yeah. of your life mix that up a little bit yes well I will say do you think you'll be where you are without it I don't think I would be the person that I am and I don't think I would have had the journeys that I've had um I a lot would be very different in my life and I don't know that I would be an artist See, because I was really into pursuing like being a vet when I was younger up until I, like all throughout yeah <laughs> all throughout like my childhood like because I lived on a farm so the the cult oh. was 
also a huge farm. Yeah. Had like an acre large garden. Um, we no way like acre garden. We entirely lived off of our farm, so we canned hundreds of cans of food oh every year God. and we had dairy goats and we butchered our chickens and you know like we yeah. lived off of the farm so we woke up i didn't go to school that the whole period of my life so i didn't actually go to school until technically eighth grade um so the fact that i'm in grad school that's fun that's yeah, crazy right. so, so, and i read this on your this and i'm glad you hit this right now because i read this on your artist statement mm-hmm. or your about me page yeah. uh, on your website and i want to understand so you didn't go to any kind of public school to eighth grade yes so you were homeschooled so that's kind of, kind of. <laughs> um so my brother and my sister never went to school they were always homeschooled uh neither of them went to high school like after the cult i went to middle school after we got out of the cult um okay. they were high school age but they just got their geds um okay. yeah but my mom put me in school because i was young enough to actually get like i guess integrated into the culture like of being in public school like that's yes. very very different like i was bullied like movie style bullying oh, like people no. throwing food at me in the cafe <laughs> like stuff like that Dude. and like not that i condone bullying but sometimes i'm like oh i get it like i was this weird little kid that what grew up on this farm like i had no sense of how to interact with people oh, and kids God. are mean yeah. so like it makes sense that i was bullied yeah, that was an easy target. I mean, it's just easy like easy target, farm, home easy school, target. Like, yeah, yeah. They were like, "That's the one." Every day, sick <laughs> <laughs> <Stick> of. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I didn't have any kind of formal education. Um, so my mom didn't even know I knew how to read. I taught myself how to read. Um, what? I had this uh, little house on the prairie. I had Black Beauty. Yeah. The Bible. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I had this eighth grade textbook. And I memorized The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Poe. Yeah. So no I was way. like 10, I think. And like we, we were used to memorizing stuff because we did Bible quizzing, which you like yeah. memorize Bible verses. And, yeah, yeah. I was there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we did Bible quizzing. We were used to memorizing stuff. So that was just habit for me. And I read The Raven and I memorized it. And I started quoting it to my mother. And we were deeply religious. So she didn't know where I learned this from. She didn't know that I could read. And she, like her brain at the moment was like my child is possessed how does my child know all of these words and i had to explain to her at 10 years old i was like no 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 like i read it out of a book and she was like oh thank god (laughs) no demons here especially the raven is a very dark it's a it's a dark poem to hear like a 10 year old quoting you know do not know your child can read and they just come out of nowhere with Edgar Allan Poe <laughs> when you live in a religious cult that's a little you know that's yeah it's a little like huh okay I uh, also this is hilarious to me do you know who Danielle Steele is I don't she's this um adult author adult romance author like oh like there's like erotica erotic, like yeah. uh but it's like very adult romance like gritty dark I found one of her books on our farm. I don't know how it ended up there, but I found one of her books on our farm. And my, like, the guy who led the cult, who was my stepfather at the time, uh, my stepfather, my mom, found me reading this book, and they were like, where did you get this, like, material? It was... I did find the book later, and I read it later in my life, though. No way. It was good. It was actually really good. No way. (laughs) 
full circle moments exactly all throughout this you know uh, this is like about teaching but a really fun full circle moment in my life right now is the fact that my very first class in college ever was observational drawing yeah at 8 a.m monday wednesday friday okay i am now teaching observational drawing <laughs> monday wednesdays 8 a.m <laughs> um and it's my first class that i'm ever teaching and no way. i just think that is such an exciting i i told my students like when i first walked into class the first day i was like guys you won't believe this <laughs> and they were like oh okay cool exactly fun saying, and i'm like no no, no you don't understand this is this awesome this is awesome <laughs> this is where i need to be this it's makes so great. sense it's oh, awesome dude i'm just the first half of this is already crazy we got colts <laughs> fighting <laughs> books on the coat farm this is freaking nuts so we'll get to we're gonna get to the art people i promise um but did, was any were you doing any kind of art at all as a kid like i was so you were doing so okay i was Let's hear about so that. when i moved onto the farm we were cut off from everything so we had access to what was on the farm so i had that handful of books and that's all i had for five years and i didn't have any toys so i started making my own toys and Ooh, I would cool. take uh, uh, Q-tips for like, and like put a little bundle of Q-tips together and tape them with a Band-Aid and use dog fur for the hair. I would go take my dog's fur <laughs> and I would straighten it out and I would tape on the hair and I would draw a little smiley face and I would make little dolls. <laughs> and that is what I played with. And it... I, I do consider that probably like my first art project. Yeah, making your own toys, yeah. And there was this like barn on that farm that was like up in the hills, it was abandoned. I would go up there and I'd pick this sounds like little how like literally It really does. Like I'm watching some old western prairie show. I would go pick berries and mash them up and make paint. Just around. <laughs> and I would paint like pictures on the barn walls. And I snuck back onto the farm like years later for a college like art project. And you had to sneak back in. I snuck onto that farm, which is probably not a great idea. Like when I think about it now, mm, it's abandoned. Like it's oh. empty now, but like I did sneak back onto it and then I might not have wanted to do that, but I did do it. Uh, and it was a great art project. It turned out great. Yeah. I got a great grade. Damn right. So, Passed. Let's um, go. Oh, what was I saying? There was a Making reason. Making your toys. Making my toys. Painting berries. Painting berry, barn. Barn. Uh, you know, anyway. You know, that's, being a yeah, kid. Being a kid. And making art while doing it. That's amazing. So I bet even like now, back then, it's like, okay, this kind of, this path kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, you're an artist, whatever. It does. Um, So, and I got questions about this, this cult. This is crazy. So, I mean, you're talking about no phone, no Wi-Fi. Oh, no. no... We didn't know Hurricane Katrina happened for like a very long time. I'm thinking of The Village. This is what I'm thinking about right now. Have you seen the movie The Village? I have not. Okay. It's about this remote (laughs) village cut off from the world. You think there's a twist at the end. But, um, and like, there's no access to anything. Yeah. just out, don't know what's going on around the world. That's exactly what it was. That is now, insane. Now, we would, we would leave to go to church, but like, when you go to church, you, there's a very specific script that we would follow. We would practice how we would, we're going to pray in church in front of people. Like, we would practice as a family how we present ourselves. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was scripted what people saw of us but when they didn't see us that's when it was you know 
oh, an issue. <laughs> my God. Okay. Um, but we did leave to go to church occasionally. Right. Yeah. Wasn't that uniform? Okay. Yeah. Let's, get, let's get, get to eighth grade. Yeah. yeah eighth grade. Get, okay. I can talk, if you I know, actually, oh, <laughs> No, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, eighth grade is actually when I started, like, drawing and painting. That's, yes. Because I went out onto the river on a boat with my dad, and I got the world's worst sunburn. <laughs> it was miserable, and I was bedridden for, like, four days. But four days. I literally could not move. My skin was, like, I, I've Blurry, never experienced like... something like it. I was also a child, so I was, like, a little baby. Yeah. But, like, if I had it now, I would, like, deal with it. But at the time, I just remember my whole body being, like, so tight, and I, like, couldn't move, and... An Avatar The Last Airbender full series marathon was on. And I watched all of Avatar The Last Airbender. And in between the episodes, they would have those little, like, art uh, breaks where they would, like, show you how they drew the characters and yeah. stuff. And oh, cool. so I would follow along. And I would draw the characters and all that. And uh, I fell in love with it. And then I started watching like anime and drawing anime. Naruto was like my go to. Like, I know it's, I don't know, like a a big anime fan might not say this, but Naruto is like my favorite anime. Like, I I know it's like the anime, like, it's the popular one, but it's so good. Yeah. Like, it's so fun. And me and my brother connected over it a lot. He would like, read the mangas and then we would sit down every week and he would just like tell me what happened in it each week so that was a fun little you know, bro. family moment but, did you get those books uh no my brother would like look them up online okay <laughs> but gotcha. Gotcha. like they, i mean there's like hundreds of those mangas yeah. and they're like 15 dollars each oh, like you know it's yeah. just you can't uh, i can't do that money. so oh my yeah. god but uh that's what got me into like drawing and then I got into high school and I had this uh, art professor, or art teacher, Mr. Selby, and he was. <laughs> I don't. I wonder what's happened to Mr. Selby now, but uh, I'm about to say things. Um, he was not like very attentive to a lot of the students because he just felt like they didn't care about art, so he like didn't oh, care about them. No. And I came into his class, and he saw, I guess, for the first time in a long time, a student who wanted to do art, and he like really, really invested in me, which I appreciate that a lot. But I also think about those other students, and I'm like, oh, guys, like he gave me my own little like office space, <laughs> and like he gave me a whole bunch of oil paints, like all this stuff. He was so kind. Oh my god! And uh, I had never painted with oil before, so like that was my first soiree into oil. Uh, yeah, and then uh, uh, Sassen Nybert is—I don't know if they're Sassen Wilkes or if he's Sassen Nybert now, but uh, one of the biggest influences in my life in yeah. art. Um, yeah, and I met him in high school in mr selby's class he was a graduate assistant coming to do his teaching hours oh cool and uh uh invited me to join his class on campus of the marshall university the college i ended up going to yes you did Yeah, yeah so uh invited me to join him in class on campus and like see what a college art class was like so cool. And I will just for 
ever be thankful for that moment. And it, like, I remember walking in for the first time. I was, like, probably 17 and being, like, oh, my God, people just, like, do this. Like, they're just here, like, doing that. Yeah. And that is when I decided I was going to go to Marshall for painting. And I did. Yes. And I met, like, Hannah Kozlowski is she was my professor for observational drawing and she's the reason I want to be a professor because she like walked up to me one day and she was like standing in her little teacher pose that she always did and she was just like you know have you ever thought about being a professor Tatiana and I was like no and she was like you would be great at it and just walked away and I felt like my world just lit up and I was like I know what a compliment like I I am still so flattered like to this day yeah um but I feel like my world just lit up and it just like, I saw a future suddenly. Like I had, with everything that had happened in my life, I never really pictured much of a future ever. Like it just didn't occur to me to do that. Right. And I lived very day to day and like not to be dramatic, but I swear I saw like a flash of light. I was like, Oh my God, there's like so much that I can do. Yes. And yeah. And I was like, ooh, I should go to grad school. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, yes, grad school. We'll get both to undergrad first. I'm just, yeah, yeah. I was just so curious. So before you went to Marshall, you didn't, you didn't, did you, were you even thinking about a, a career in arts? Mm-mm. Or did it take that teacher to visit, you go to that classroom for a visit, and then you see that it was possible? So I saw that it was possible after I visited Marshall uh, with Sasa. Gotcha. Um, and he like, I feel like he is the one who kind of opened that door to me to feel like it was an accessible career because yeah. like even Mr. Selby was like very, I mean, obviously kind of, I think he hated his job. Like I, I think at that point he just hated his job. High school, yeah. He was very like, very much like, uh, yeah, you can't do much with an art degree. Like I'm stuck here. And so that, that kind of makes you feel a little like discouraged about doing it. And then you meet somebody like Sasa who's just like. Nah, do it like you do you've this got shit. this you you should come visit this class like i think this would do you good you know like that is yes incredible, so. and marshall's in west virginia marshall's in west virginia huntington west virginia so dope so i'm curious about your parents so like well your mom mm-hmm. um at that time with you pursuing art because i always ask because our parents obviously from you know those generations are like ah pursue something real or pursue, pursue something that Mm-hmm. You know, that can make you some money. Were there any pushback from them? Actually, no. Um, so, I have been very blessed with a family who is very uh, accepting, just in general. That's like, awesome. being gay was never a problem. Like, my grandma did the, like, really? yeah, like, my grandma did the, well, if you ever get past this or one day, if you ever don't want to do this anymore. And now she's just like, oh my gosh, how are you and Chloe? Like, Chloe's, how's Chloe doing? And they love, they, they know, they, you know, they've never cared. Even with the cult, like. Even with, well, we were so far removed from that by the time I came out. Oh, so like, but back, okay, I was, okay. But back then that would have been a problem. Okay, that's what I was going to see again. I was like, wait a minute. No. Um, And then like when I said I wanted to be an artist, it was very supported my mother is a pianist uh just absolutely stunning pianist my dad is a cook he owns his own food truck oh, they're uh, both artists yeah so that's so cool um, i'm i'm so proud of like my mom so she 
is just one of the most stunning pianists I've, I've ever met. And, um, <clears throat> she, I remember like anytime we would have like a fight or something and I'd be in my room and then she'd start playing on her grand piano, just fill the house with music. And I would just be so mad, but I would have to come out and just like sit and listen to her on the couch, just like pouting on the couch, like listening to my mom play this gorgeous song. It was, I, I love those memories that I have of that, but shout to mom. And then my dad, like we would go over to his house and he would just, these incredible meals just like cooking was his like love language language, for us and or at least that's i I feel like a lot of the way like he expressed love and uh i mean i love to cook i wish i could play piano that would be amazing that'd be badass um but no they've always been so supportive of me being an artist um yeah yeah and yeah i guess it's probably because they both are in creative fields also they're creative people yeah i'm gonna say that this is not really a surprise yeah. hearing this is like the way you are is like oh your parents in a way were you know instilling that kind of in you what, yeah. what they were doing you yeah. saw their process with their own thing so and my mom thing. was the person who like she had us listen to classical music while we were in her belly like she would put <laughs> classical headphones. music headphones on her tummy and like have us listen to music and she was like, I think that that did something for you guys. Hey, <laughs> and you know what? Maybe it didn't. It probably did. We're going to say that it did. We're going to say it did. Absolutely. So, yes, we're in college now. We're in college Walking now. Walking onto the Marshall campus. Mm-hmm. What's going through your head? Are you going to say painting, drawing? I knew from the beginning I went in in painting. I knew you what I wanted to do. You wanted to paint. Yep. I was, I think, the only person in my class that was like, this is what I'm going to do, like, right from the beginning. Really? I just knew, um, I, at the time I was like, I mean, I, I felt like maybe I could achieve a career in the arts, but I was still pretty like down on myself about of course, being an artist, you know, Yeah. like you feel my brother's an engineer and my sister has a master's in business and okay. you know, yeah. yeah. my mom went and got her <laughs> regents degree and so she's a therapist now. Like my family all has like very like good, good jobs. And I was like, well, I'm going to go paint in college. <laughs> It's like, you go do it. You do it, like, Tatiana. Yeah, you do this. Um, and, yeah, I uh, I was a little down on myself about it. Um, but it, after I realized that I, like, could be a professor, after I, wanted, like, realized that I wanted to be a professor, I was like, okay, I think that this is accessible. Like, this is something I can do. And it, I was so crushed for, like, up until I got into grad school, really, um, because I didn't get into grad school when I first applied and I didn't get into like, I applied to like my three like dream schools and they weren't even like Ivy league schools or anything. They, I just, they were just, was like Indiana university, uh, university of Colorado Boulder and some other place. And I didn't get in anywhere. And I was just so heartbroken because like my peers were getting in places and like they were off to do their thing and they were like getting big jobs. And I was like, I'm working for 9:35 with my 15 cent raise after five years of being a barista. Um, like, like I'm working for like 9:25 yeah, or 35 yeah. at Books a Million, you know. And oh my God, Books a Million, <laughs> yes. Which yes. I was in Joe Mugs. I was the barista. I was the lead barista. Yes. Well, not on paper, but I did all the lead baristas. You so did. You I, were I lead barista. We're, we're calling that. <laughs> we're calling it lead barista. God, Books a Million. That just came back. Uh, you know, Statesboro has a Books a Million. 
No. I thought all Books A Millions were gone. At least it's still really there. Like there's a Books A Million store and stuff. I gotta go yeah. see it now. I just gotta put landmark my, for sure. Put my eyes on it. <laughs> Back in North Carolina, I went there all the time for like Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments mm-hmm. and like. Oh yeah, they used to do stuff like that. Yeah. You know, places like Barnes and Noble don't really do that. I know. It sucks. Barnes, if you're listening to this, CEO of Barnes and Noble, <laughs> you should bring back some of that stuff because that was a lot of fun. That was very cool. And those like like really fun children's sections and they would have like the little chairs and like the fun painted walls and carpets. It was all yes. very nice. Oh my god. Oh. Side note, do you did you ever read Captain Underpants? I did not. I was a I did Percy Jackson. I was the just stuck on Percy Jackson. Fair. I yeah. will say Barnes did give me an opportunity to meet Dave Pickley. Really? Yes, of Captain Underpants. He, that is very. He did cool. like a little tour, okay. and I did see him there in Greensboro. All right, we'll give it to we'll give it to Barnes and Noble for this one. You have <laughs> you win now because that was actually amazing. <laughs> but yeah, so books a million you're working on yeah, seven dollars an hour. Your friends are doing this, and yeah, you're still painting. I'm still painting. Yeah, you graduated with your degree. And graduated with my degree, and uh, I had just gone through. I had dated this girl all throughout college, and my final semester. The day after our three-year anniversary, we broke up. Oh. And uh, she's doing so well. Like, I wish her so well. Um, yeah. And it, like, I mean, obviously, like, hit me really, really hard. And I didn't realize at the time, but I'm bipolar. And I was set into kind of, like, this unchecked manic phase for yeah. months. And I didn't realize, like, that that's what was happening to me. And then I, like, kind of came out of that. Like, I feel like I broke through this, like, brain fog. And I was like, oh, my God, what am I doing right now? And uh, I, like, started painting again. I found burlesque. Um, yes. Like, kind of when I came out of that haze, I was like, okay, I need to, like, buckle back down again. Like, yeah. And uh, that's when I started doing burlesque. And I started painting again and making my costumes and all that. And then I went to a ladies' night one night and I met my wife. She was uh, working at the bar. Not working at the bar, but she was at the bar. And she got me a drink because I was crying. And (laughs) then, like, three months later, we went on our first date. And then, like, four months after that, we move to Georgia together because we're queer women and that's what you do. That's what I keep hearing. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I keep hearing. Yeah, that's, you know, and now we're married and about four years in, so. I love that. And this was in West Virginia. This was in West Virginia. No And she came here because she's, uh, she got a scholarship for swimming. So she swam and played softball at Marshall. She's the only female dual sport athlete in Marshall's history. What? Yeah. Yo, very history, cool. baby. I know. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. So. I think that's what the fact no, is. If this fact it. is incorrect, I'm so it. sorry. I'm no. not trying to tell lies. No, we're going to say it. <laughs> Historical moment. Historical moment. Exactly. Hall of Fame. <laughs> so what was your style of painting like when you were in, in college, undergrad? So, So I actually, I talk about this a lot with my students because I see a lot of them like, trying to do stuff that they are forcing their hand at stuff that they Mm, don't need to and i did that to myself for two years i tried to be a realist painter because i had this classmate and he was just stunning like he was so good and i was like i want to do that like i want to be like michelangelo like that's what I want to do. Let's go. And I tried so hard, and I was just terrible at it. 
And finally, I was like, oh, my God, I just need to lean into, like, what I can actually do. Like, yes. what my actual style is. Yes. And that's when I realized that I work really fast. Um, I like to do interactive stuff. I like my paintings. I don't care if people touch them because I'm just like. Really? I, so I really like, don't. Like, I would prefer you don't, like, rub your hands up and down it. But, like, if you want to touch the paint like, and be oh. like, oh, that's, like, really, like, that texture, it's, like, coming out. Like, I want to see what that feels like. You know, I, I kind of have this thing that, like, art is meant to be, I, I think it should be documented and enjoyed for a long period of time. But we also have digital versions of everything. If right. people want to experience my art intimately... Let them do it. And so then, if it falls apart in the next hundred years, were they really going to keep up with my paintings anyway? Who knows? Exactly. People now are enjoying them, and that's what I care about. I love so that. So, like, you know, I, I like to make stuff that's interactive. And in college, I made a lot of uh, undergrad. I made a lot of, like, oil-painted tapestries and blankets that were, like, meant to be used and interacted with. And Really? So, Because I wanted to see how they changed over time. And I have this queen size quilt it's called my sex quilt well it's called sex quilt or a woman's work and oh, like um it is like 80 paintings oil paintings of just oh. women like having sex and just nude women and like sexuality oh and cool. uh, it's meant to be like <laughs> i was always just like I, sh I really want this to be a performance piece someday but in that i want somebody to have sex under my quilt and under it's your quilt? Under my quilt. It's a sex quilt. That's what it's for. You know, that's what this it depicts. This is for sex. <laughs> this is for sex. Take it. It's fur, you know, it's nice and comfy. Comfortable. It's faux fur, of course, but faux fur, you know, comfy. Yes. Sultry. <laughs> so yes. I was when, like, you know what? I always want this. Someday it's going to be a performance art piece. Someday it'll happen. <laughs> when did you make that? I made that in my 11th or my junior year of college. Of college. So I'm glad you said this. So. When did your work take the shape of being erotic, more intimate, and more interested was, in the body? So. It was around then. Okay. So um, I went to New York with my school, uh, and I saw Marilyn Mentor's work for the first time. Okay. And if you look at Marilyn Mentor's work, um, she's very just blatantly erotic work yeah. and like she has this whole series called food porn and it's like suggestively painted pieces of food like there's like a lobster tail and somebody's like holding the lobster tail and then like somebody's holding tomatoes in their hand you know like yeah. stuff like that and it's so fun gorgeous pieces and then just straight up like just porn straight, and you know that's porn. it's enamel paint on metal very cool um, just gorgeous paintings and pho uh, photographs as well. Photos? Yeah, um, and video work. Uh, she's amazing. Um, and I saw her work and I was just like, oh, so you can. So this is kind of in your head yeah, already. Yeah, I was like, like, you can do this. What year was this? This was, I'm pretty, it was... I'm pretty sure it was early my junior year because we went to the New York we went to New York every year in like March. Okay. Or April around then. So it would have been around that time. Okay. Either my sophomore or junior year. I'm not sure which one. Okay, I, I get the, Yeah. Ooh. 
16, 17? 16, I gotcha. Okay, cool, Something cool, like cool. that. Yeah, yeah. I graduated yeah. in 2019, so. Okay. No, it would have been 2017 or 2018. Perfect. Cool. Um, and that is when I decided to start getting into kind of designing my own way to create erotic work. And that's when I started thinking about fabric and the qualities of fabric. And uh, I was thinking about intimacy and eroticism and sex and all this stuff. And like, I was like, okay, fabric is involved in so many intimate parts of our lives. Like we wear underwear, we have like sex on sheets, we wear clothes to cover ourselves, to make ourselves, you know, quote unquote appropriate. Um, it's intimate. So cloth fabric is very inherently just intimate and erotic. And I was like, that would be really fun to learn to do these paintings in an interactive way on cloth that people can, you know, like, yeah, just interact with like paintings that can be interacted with that depict these intimate situations. So people don't feel like they're looking at a painting of people having sex from like three feet away and they're like, okay, (laughs) cool. Like you can get up close to it and you can be like, oh, that's a cool detail. Or like, I want to touch that. Like, I want to see what that texture feels like. Let me touch this fabric that it's on. Like, oh, this is a nice lace side. Like, let me feel the lace, you know, stuff like that. Like, I just, that's what I wanted to start exploring. And I did. And I, I feel like that, is what led me into what I'm doing in grad school. Yeah. Which is, it's funny, I I got into grad school for my paintings. Like, that's all that was in my portfolio. I only submitted paintings. Because, like, I do fibers work, but, like, I don't have a lot. It's hard to photograph. Yeah, I didn't really see a lot on this. Yeah, it's really hard to photograph. And, like, that's on me. That's not an excuse. Like, I should, if I call myself a fibers artist, I should make my fibers art, like, accessible. Yeah. Um, But, like, I'm, I'm getting that together now. Um... But I'm, I got into grad school for my paintings and I ended up my, the chair of my department was like, you know, they're great and everything, but I really, I don't care about your paintings. He was like, I just want to see your burlesque costumes. What? Really? Yeah. So I have been making burlesque costumes all semester. Um, Oh my God. So. That's cool. I feel very, I still feel so connected to the fact that cloth and fabric is inherently erotic and that moved directly into what I'm doing and I I kind of fell away from it for a little while like Mm -hmm. I wasn't working with fabric I was working with my you know paintings Paintings, and canvas and then like falling back into it I realized that that was still really important to me that that like concept that I still needed to expand on that and that now I was at a point in my life where I'm mature enough like I think I have a lot more life experience over the last four years that have that i'm more ready to tackle something that i feel like is kind of a big tackle like it's huge i i remember finding i only have one book on the intimacy of fibers and it took me forever to find that book and i was just like you know maybe this is a really untapped field that could be difficult to find information in but really fun to expand on so you know i'm thinking about how burlesque costumes are powerful and erotic and gorgeous and you know how to spin that into all my artwork and i'm not not confident about it yet like i'm really not Not yet but not yet 
Um, but I know it's there. Like I know that I'm digging into something really big and I can, I, do you ever feel like something is sort of a breaking, like a breakthrough point? Like I know that yes. if I break through what I'm trying to right now, like I know it's going to be something it's big be for insane. me. So I can't Absolutely. give up on it. I can't, you know, I'm not confident yet, but I know I will be. Yeah. So, so that's, you know yeah. That's so cool. Where I'm at with I'm a lot of my life. work right now. Yes. I love that. And we're going to come back to that in a second because yeah. I'm more, I'm definitely curious about that. But I want to talk about your painting some more because yeah. that's what. Sorry out if I like got out of that. No, <laughs> I want you to go on. This is just natural conversation. Um, so I want you to talk about how you're kind of destigmatizing yeah. the racism and you know within that. I guess with with all your work, with the paintings and everything, and like why you paint what you paint, and obviously emphasis on the body parts and all that stuff like that. Like you've. You know, the Love Over Time show that is still is still up now. So the, all the artwork that was in Love Over Time is in Nomad Perfect. right now. So, so okay. it's still accessible. It'll be up until October 22nd, I believe. Yes. Is the day that I'm taking it down, I think. Perfect. So yeah. let's talk about that. Yeah. I want to know your process of making those pieces. There's a lot of them. Um, maybe where inspiration you get from the figures in them. Like, just all about that body of work. Yeah. So I have this whole series that I worked on. It's called Sin Nudes. And that is actually what birthed my whole getting into grad school. Like, it's because of that series that I dove back into painting, like, full-time. And it was because I was in, like, this very not great time in my life. And I didn't feel good about myself. And, like, I, I've always been, like, very confident. Like, I've... I've I mean, I have, like, body dysmorphia for sure, but, like, I've learned to be, like, I can be hot, you know? Like, I'm, I'm gonna, hell yeah, slay. Damn, yeah. <laughs> right, let's go. And, you know, that's kind of how I try to operate, but I was in a really bad point, and I hadn't taken a picture of myself in so long, and I realized I wasn't even looking in the mirror when I was, like, washing my face. Like, wow. when I was brushing my teeth, I wasn't looking at myself. No. Like, and I noticed that about myself, and I was like, this isn't okay. Like... I, all of my artwork is about self-love and like, you know, as much as it's about eroticism, it's about self-love and I wasn't doing that. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to take a nude of myself okay. and I'm going to paint it and I'm going to cool. find the things that I'm going to make a painting that I think is beautiful. Yeah. And it's going to be of me and I'm going to be able to look at it and I'm going to be able to know that it's me and that it's beautiful. Yes. And so that's how like the Sin Nude series was kind of born. And then that led me to start to explore uh, the concept of love, like what really like okay. what love means to me. Yeah. And it was this this series this work that i've been doing was a lot more gentle in terms of like intimacy and eroticism than it than i was in college in college i was like i had this uh exhibition that i got this grant and i had this exhibition that was called we don't we do not love for you and it was giant paintings of women having sex and it was uh because there were a lot of like lawmakers in west virginia putting laws out about like queer people just like yes. discrimination it was like really rampant and i was like frustrated about like 
nude women being like so popular in art, but they're just you can tell when it's painted by somebody who's painting through the male gaze. Like exactly. you can you can just yeah. tell when they don't respect women and i'm like all these naked women are just depicted in these like gross ways and they're still in museums and like you know you see in media you see straight people having sex you see all this kind of stuff you you don't see gentle loving lesbian relationships really on television or in movies and i wanted to display like i wanted to be just be bold and loud and be like we don't love for you but we're here we're gay we're artists we love each other like so that was my thing then i was very loud about it yes. <laughs> and this kind of became a lot more quiet and personal and I started exploring like what intimacy and love was to me and like how it involved my community as much as it involved you know my romantic partners or my best friends um like a, a scrapped portion of my we uh, of my uh, uh love over time show was a series of uh written statements that were about different kinds of love that I had learned over the years so like oh, self-love wow. and love of community and you know lo love of your partner and just like how they differ from each other but how they're all just so the same the same exactly yeah. and how like that is the kind of intimacy that i was like really starting or wanting to explore with this was just like how you can still be like nude and you know sexy in a painting but it's not necessarily like there for sex appeal like and yeah. it's it's what i'm exploring with burlesque too like exactly. burlesque is sexy and hot and like very cool to look at but like it's also just about there's so much history there's so much empowerment josephine baker one of the most famous burlesque dancers ever traded war secrets like there's so much <laughs> intense history here and like wow. it's exciting and uh she was like a spy it's so cool um that's insane but like I don't know why I was saying that. I just got very excited. <laughs> That's part. I mean, it's part of the whole process. Yeah, of it's making that show and exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, just like learning or talking about what these communities do for me and do for everybody, and realizing I I was feeling very lonely at the beginning of this year, and I did this painting of one of our community members, uh, just like somebody I met at Franklin's. I just took a picture of them and painted it. And I had this like revelation moment where I was like, oh my God, I care so much about all of these people in Savannah. Like I love the, maybe I don't love being a barista that much anymore, but I love my customers exactly. and I love talking to people. And I've met so many incredible people through just being a part of this community and being able to make artwork, like the painting I have of Wes or like, you know, the paintings that I have of Savannah, you know? Like, just different community members, like, that mean a lot to me, that have had an impact on my life. Like, to me, that is also just so intimate and important. Yeah, yeah. And then there's also the level of, like, the giant painting of me and my wife. Like, oh, the really big one. I think it's Sin Nudes number 10, I believe. <laughs> I have 10 paintings in that, and I forget which one is which. Look at that. Um, but that really big one... Um, it is one of those paintings that I'm like, no, this is like as much as it's like soft and intimate, it's also very erotic. It's gorgeous. Like the the 
the shadows that you can see in it that like are just defined in the body and like the shape of butt like gorgeous love it and it's still just so soft and loving but it's still erotic and i love that in my work like i I really try to pursue that in my work and i'm not trying to like pat myself on the back right now but like i try to you know give credit where credit is due and i think that i i did what i wanted to do with this series of artwork right yeah killed it i mean it's insane it was the show at Soho, your first. So that was not that was my second solo show. My okay. first solo show was uh, "We Do Not Love for You." Uh, I was awarded a research grant for it. Perfect. Um, and that was my first show. That was my junior year of college. Wow. And so then, this is at Marshall. Yeah, that wasn't Marshall. Wow. And then this was here. Um, I will never thank Jamie enough. He is my boss. He is the wonderful, wonderful owner of Franklin's and Public and Soho. Um, love him. He let me use his space and like helped me out with that. Like worked with me. It was just I'm so lucky. Um, and I love you, Jamie. If you ever hear this, shout out to Jamie. <laughs> That's so cool. How it works. Everyone's gonna work together here. Yeah. You know. Um, so when it. Wow, there's so much to talk about. Because in some of the paintings, you have, like, groups of people. I mean, there's people that you've photographed at shows or just from your so, um, imagination or what? The stop and stare painting is referenced from a photograph by Jason Brooks, okay. a uh, local photographer. He photographs a lot of burlesque shows. And then the moment, the other burlesque painting, is captured by my friend Lauren Sims. She's amazing. She isn't, like, a professional photographer, but she loves to take her... Like, she's still a photographer, so... Yeah, yeah. She doesn't, like, do it for, like, money, but she does it for funsies, and she's great at it. That's why you do it. Um, And, like, I always love, like... If anybody asks me where I got the inspiration for these, I'm like, I got it from incredible photographer friends who worked with me and, like... You know, I put my spin on it, of course, but like, yeah, of course, you know, they were just gorgeous photos, and I was like, this, like, if you get a free print of it, like, you, yes. I'll tell everybody that you know you were the reason that this painting is alive. Just let me paint this, and they did. Damn right, dude. That's that's freaking badass. Like, and hopefully everyone goes and follows the links and follows the page and goes looks all your work because it's it's it varies. It's so diverse. It's all over the place and in the best way possible. And I'll never forget walking into Nova and be like, how? And you say you do that pretty fast. I work very fast, yeah. I have a, I did that, how big is it? It's three feet by four feet, or three feet by five feet, I yeah. think. I did that in two days. Um, Why? But it, I mean, it was two days of like working like five hours at a time, but like two Still days, you know. two days. I... I do myself a disservice when I work on paintings for a really long time because I overwork them and I put paint down so fast that if I just sit on them for weeks or days, like I'll mess it up. Yeah. So I just, that was part of developing my practice, like between undergrad and grad school was learning when to be done. That's it. I'm done. Put it up. Yeah. There was this one painting, um, it was the one painting that I had seven people after it sold ask me about it. Well, total, they were asking my wife about it. They asked my sister about it. Uh, and I almost painted over it like three days before the show. Really? You were just like, I can't change this. I was like, I don't like this painting. I don't 
want it, I could do another painting on it really quickly and be happier with that painting. And I just stared at it for a while and I told my sister I was going to do it and she was like, please don't do that. And I was just like, ugh, whatever. Which one was and, it? Uh, it was stunning. The burlesque girl, like coming out of the smoke. Oh my god. Um, I don't think it's. I had just yeah. painted it, so okay. it's not on my website. I want you to send me that because I want to see it. Yeah, I will send it to you. Yeah, send it to you um, later. Because I don't know where it is right now, but that sounds incredible. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so I was so flattered. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe I almost painted over that. Oh my god. Um, but I was just so incredibly flattered that people liked that. So. Oh gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. So thank you for explaining how that process works. Because I was like, how do you make these pieces? Now it makes sense. Yeah. Um. So back to burlesque. Yeah. So what's the process of you making these, these, these pieces? So, for a really long time, I would just make, make, costumes that were like, uh, just like pretty on stage, just yeah. pretty on stage. And then I, I had had plans for a while, about um. I, I like using props and stuff on stage, but I had been told by another performer that, like, when I first got to Savannah, they were like, you use way too many props, like, stop using props on stage. So I, like, gave up my props, which was a lot of where I got my, like, humor on stage from. So I, so I was kind of without that, like, theatrical humor side of my burlesque for, like, two and a half years. And then in March, I made myself this costume with like this feather headdress like or not headdress uh like feather headband yeah and it uh i feel like it just changed the way i presented myself on stage like it made me feel taller made me feel more powerful and not that burlesque hadn't always made me feel powerful but like i think i realized in that moment what it could do for I mean, I've been doing burlesque since 2019. Like, right. you know, I I was so passionate about it. I didn't feel like there was much more that I could, like, discover about being in love with burlesque. But I, I did. And I was like, oh, my gosh, there's so much power in being a performer and being, like, making your costumes and, like, presenting yourself in this extravagant way. You know, putting yourself out there, stripping in front of people. Yeah, like, exactly. That's it, a... It's a lot, you know? Yeah. And... I made this costume, this set, uh, to this song called Beep. And the hook is called You Remind Me of My Jeep. And so I built this uh, big cardboard Jeep. <laughs> and it had, like, working headlights and, like, the windshield oh open so I could, like, step out of the car. And... Uh, like my pasties were headlights like so i kind of got my proppy funny self back on stage yeah and then i got into grad school and they were like like do costumes work on your costumes and yeah. so i can't spoil anything but if you come to club one for the year-end star search uh in december first thursday of december i will be debuting my performance that i've been working on for the past uh, like seven months. Seven so, months. So this yeah. is huge. And I'm building a really big costume for it. There's gonna be a really, really like fun surprise element. Um, I I'm just yes, <laughs> like, December. Uh, first Thursday of okay. December. So whichever okay. one that is, I'm okay. not positive. I think it's the seventh. Yeah. yeah. I think. I'll look it up. Look it um, up. but yeah, Star Search is always the first Thursday of December at Club One. It's a good time. 
amazing performers. Like, I'm excited to perform. I haven't been on stage and since May 25th. It was my last time on it's stage. last time. Yeah, I had to step away for a while just because school and everything, like, very busy. And I was just like, I want to be able to put 100% towards everything I'm doing. And I don't want to, like, half do something I love. Yeah. So I'd rather take a step back and recoup and then get to it later. Yeah. Which is what I'm doing. Yeah, but so you're yeah, yeah, yeah on I'm track. Um, but yeah, that's so, so yeah, it's, it's, that's insane. That's amazing. I mean, and those are your, you have those on your Instagram, the different costumes you make. Yeah, so I'm not posting any more of this costume so, until I December. Mean, past ones, but oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah. Dulce dot delicious is my uh, burlesque Instagram. Perfect. It's got everything from literally my very first performance up until today. So you can scroll back. That's lit. To 2019, see everything. We're going to tag all that. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, I'll talk about just your time at SCAD and your I was future. never at SCAD. Oh, you're at, oh, never at What are you teaching? I'm teaching at Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm uh, Sorry, I never defined that. Yes. You assume SCAD because, like, I, I live in downtown Savannah. It makes sense. <laughs> I definitely assume SCAD. So, disregard the past SCAD. You're at Georgia Southern. I'm at Georgia Southern in yes. the graduate department. The Betty Soy fan. Uh, Betty Foy Sanders. Betty Foy Sanders. Department. Department. Talk about that, what you're doing there, and then just your future of what you want to do. Yeah. Um, so now, because of the inspiration I got from, you know, the professors in my department, I'm really pursuing the I'm right now I'm researching and writing a paper about burlesque as performance art and what makes burlesque a form of performance art and not like theater and not like uh just I, this is very complex and i can't i could talk I, I should not get into more of this it's all good <laughs> because it's so much but um burlesque is performance art is what i'm studying right now yes. and uh making my costume for it and i have the goal of just i really really want to do something important like say something important about burlesque within the next three years i want to make i i want i want to interview burlesque performers like i want to do paintings like live paintings of performers like i i just see like a lot of burlesque related things that i want to line up and like i have I mean, I'm a very, when it comes to my, not in real life, but when it comes to my artwork, I'm a very plan ahead type of person. Like I, I knew I was going to do this since like March. So, yeah, you know, I, uh, I really try to plan ahead for this stuff. So I kind of have an idea of what I want to do for my thesis show. If everything works out, it started like nine weeks ago and I'm like, yes. thesis show, let's thesis. go. Not- Three years from now, I've got time. Three years. <laughs> three years. Okay. Three years. And what? so in three years, I hope to maybe get it. Well, like I really want to stay in Savannah. We're buying a house. We close next You're Thursday. House, that's right. Yeah. So, um, we're hoping to be able to stay here for, you know, a few years. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, we want to stay in Savannah permanently, so. You love Savannah, yes. We love Savannah. It's, good, it's, it's good amazing. It's a really great spot. Yeah. Um, and so that leads me to hope that I can get a job at either SCAD, Georgia Southern, or Savannah State. Somewhere, yeah. Um, you know, I'll. Doing your thing. Do my thing. Hopefully I can be a professor. That's my end goal. So I'm a professor, yes. I 
love, love, love. I think that I get out of teaching what I also loved from being a barista, which is helping people. And yes. like when you give people a cup of coffee, like honestly, you change their day. No. You know? Straight up. Like they if you like your coffee, you like your coffee. <laughs> and uh Yes. Yes. I feel like I'm helping people there and that's what I always love, like making people happy and it means a lot to me when I can help a student and see that they're really stressed and be like, "Hey, calm down." You're fine. We're going to figure this out. Through it. This is all you got to fix. Not that big of a deal. You got this. Like, yeah. it makes me feel great to be able to help these students. And, like, I've, like, Chloe was going through their homework, their, uh, like, drawings. She was like, oh, my God. They've all gotten so much better since the beginning of the semester. And I was like, you. yes, yes, they have. And teacher. it makes me so happy. Um, it's so fulfilling. And that is what i want to do forever as of right now i'm with so, it you know i support all of it yeah. this is so amazing and i was thinking about you making little dolls with dog hair yeah. <laughs> you get full burlesque costumes exactly you know and set pieces and all that it just all makes sense you know it's a when i when i tell the story in full i'm like oh no May, I was always going to be an artist, no matter what. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> it's like, this started back then. Yeah, yeah. You this know? was a long time coming. Yeah, shouts to your dad who makes great food and mom, great piano player. And exactly. They instilled this path into you and you're following it. So this is awesome. Yeah. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me. Of oh my course, gosh. My friend. Yes, before we leave, other questions. Yes. Okay. So, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? I've suddenly forgotten every piece of advice I've ever been given. That's usually what happens. <laughs> Man. I you mean, know, I have one in my head that I remember telling people is the best piece of advice I've ever been given, but it's slipped to my mind. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I don't think people often give me advice. <laughs> I read a lot of books with advice in it, but... I wish I did. I want to be an educational reader so bad. I just like reading fantasy. Yeah. I remember my grandmother's being like, yo, your heart's, your life's going to be full of twists and turns and you're going to have to work hard as fuck. Yeah. She didn't say the F word, but she basically was like, your life's going to be challenging. You need to just go through with it. Yeah. You know, follow your heart, follow your path. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That is. As cliche as it is, it's Just truth. about all you can do. Yeah. You really, that's about <laughs> be, it. Whatever you're going to do is going to be hard. You have to work hard at it, so. I like that. Yeah. So we'll just we'll do that. We'll, we'll do that. that. And I'll take that. Damn right. No regrets. Good piece of advice. Shout out to grandma. Shout out to grandma. <laughs> Thank you again for doing this. Thank December. You. We'll figure out that date. Yeah, yeah. Tag that. We'll make sure we, we post it on the page. Um, this is amazing. Thank you so much. This Thank is part of my Savannah journey, journey. I just moved here in March. So Yeah. Oh, you you yeah. just moved here in March? Yeah. Well, oh my gosh. Exciting. Are you loving it so far? It's great. Fantastic. I met so many great people with Scott yeah. and Kinsey and I've interviewed a bunch of insane artists here. Savannah's chock full of them. And that's why I'm happy I moved here. It makes it makes there sense. You, you know, at first I was like, What? And I was like, Okay, this is starting to feel right. It, it hits. It hits. <laughs> But yes, but keep listening to the show, guys. And yeah, let's support all these artists. Um, Tatiana, insane work. You sell prints or you sell yeah, yeah. commissions? Um, or... So you can contact me on like my Instagram or, well, you can get to my Instagram through my website. I have my email on my website um, or yes. through my Instagram and you can contact me for prints. And if you're in Savannah, I'll meet up with you. If not, I can ship. Dang right, we can ship. 
get it buy it support it bye guys we're out thank you the free pizza podcast we are on spotify itunes soundcloud just go on the google app store go on everywhere check us out on instagram facebook myspace live journal twitter we tweet we'll do smoke sniggles whatever y'all need thank y'all so much have a good night